Call the meeting to order. Mrs. Troublefield, would you please call the roll? Mr. Barley? Here. Mr. Cathel? Here. Mr. Collins? Here. Mr. Fritz? Here. Dr. Hattier? Here. Mr. Hudson? Here. Mr. Layfield? Here. Mr. Peden? Here. Dr. Statler? Here. Mrs. Wright? Here. This is the regular meeting for the month of December, and we do have a quorum. Would everyone please rise for the presentation of colors? May be seated. Next item on the agenda is uh, Sussex Central Student Government. Good evening, board members and other district faculty members. My name is Taryn Corsi, and I represent the student body of Sussex Central High School. I don't have many updates for you tonight, so I'll keep it rather short and sweet. Um, the two topics I'd like to cover today are the canned food drive and the giving tree that we recently did at Sussex Central High School. Beginning with the canned food drive, our school is proud to announce that we collected 300 cans to donate to the community over the course of this event. This took place over the duration of a three-week period, ranging from November 13th to December 4th, with the interruptions of Thanksgiving break and weekends, that ranges about to an eight to 12 day period of collecting cans. So for the, 300, for the amount that we collected um, is around the projected value that we hoped for, but we hope for a little more. Next year, we hope to uh, gain a lot more cans to donate to the community and represent Sussex Central High School. The second topic I'd like to cover is the giving tree. The giving tree this year, it was a huge success at the school. Um, Sussex Central High School community tackled the wishes of six families, ranging over 100 plus items to accommodate for. 
Um, we are proud to, proud to announce that we covered all of the items on the list, and we are waiting for the end, waiting for the delivery of all the items come the, this Wednesday, December 18th. Um, we, uh, we on the Executive Council um, incredi are incredibly thankful for our staff and students that donated, that donated and tackled these wishes of the um, families for the upcoming holiday season. It always helps to bring a smile to every family's face when it comes to the holiday season when times are tough. So we are greatly appreciative of all our faculty members and all the students in our, in our um, community. And we look forward to continuing this event every year from the preceding moments from, this from day forward. That's all I have for you tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Need a motion to approve the agenda for this evening's meeting? So moved. Second. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. 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 Opposed? That is unanimous. Need a motion to approve the regular meeting minutes and the executive session minutes of the November 24th, excuse me, November 25th meeting. So moved. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. Aye. Opposed? That is unanimous. Special recognition, Mr. Steele. Mr. Barley, please join me at the podium. This evening, we have a couple of groups that we will be recognizing. Uh, we'll begin by recognizing um, five of our schools who received, um, have received awards and notifications of excellence. And the first presenter this evening, someone very special, Secretary of Education, Dr. Susan Bunting. Thank you, Mark. It's my distinct pleasure this evening to be here to congratulate three of the schools in the state of Delaware out of the 37 that have earned an exceeds expectations uh, rating for the 2019 Delaware School Success Framework. This is the tool that is used in Delaware to measure school progress for federal reporting. Exceeds expectations is the highest possible rating that can be achieved in the four level scale. And these overall ratings are determined on multiple measures such as student proficiency and growth in key subjects, high school graduation rates and the progress of English language learners. This is a really distinct honor, and because I believe so much in, uh, in commending schools that have done a good job, I'm personally delivering the banners to all 37 sites. So tonight, I can get three of them done at one time. And I want to congratulate the school leaders, the students, the faculties, the leaders here, because you have put together a phenomenal system that does yield a number of recognition schools, which we'll talk about later, and also these schools that have exceeded expectations. So I'd like to ask three different schools to come forward. If someone from North Baltimore is here and can, we'll roll out the banners in a minute. The Southern Delaware School of the Arts and East Millsboro, these are three of the 37 in the whole state of Delaware that have achieved this honor.
Congratulations to all three of those schools. But we're not finished. We had 16 schools last year. One was a kindergarten center, who, which we do not provide testing at the state level. Uh, however, we do have recognition schools. And based on those results, this year we were lucky enough to have two of our recognition schools. Uh, we attended a uh, event uh, December the 3rd up in Dover, where Dr. Bunning was president, was president and actually you could be president, I guess, um, was, uh, was there to recognize those schools. They have already received their banners. We wanted to recognize them this evening. And keep in mind, we just had three who received uh, banners for Exceeds. We have two who are going to be recognized tonight and have already received their banners for recognition. Folks, that's a third of our schools in this school district. And uh, talking about the recognition schools, those are schools that have 35% or higher low income. Uh, School-wide proficiency must stay the same or be higher than it was the previous year. At-risk students, all the at-risk student groups must have performed better than the previous year. And then the state has formulas they use and they pick the top three schools for proficiency at the elementary level, the top three for closing the gap, and they do the same for the middle. The two schools that we're going to recognize this evening uh, were both recognized for closing the achievement gap. The first is John M. Clayton Elementary, and the second is Georgetown Middle. If those two principals could come forward.
Thanks a lot for coming down, Dr. Bunny. Uh, this time, I'd like Dr. Layfield to please come up to the podium. Uh, we're now going to recognize our student groups here at Sussex Central High School. Um, again, we're very proud of what our students do academically, athletically, uh, in terms of the arts, they do great things. And these types of accomplishments, we're very proud to recognize. All right, Dr. Layfield. So we'll begin with our academic all-conference honorees. Uh, the Henlopen Athletic Conference sets a very high bar in all their sports for academic all-conference. And the, uh, the following were recognized, and I'll, I'll go by sport. First, with, uh, for football, we have Christopher Lombardi. For girls cross-country, we have Savannah Sykes and Stephanie Wilson. I do know a lot of our athletes you know, are involved in other things, so some may or may not be here. Here comes Chris. Uh, for cross country, David Bohenick, Jackson Dutton, Freddie Hernandez Mejia, Blake Huffman, Connor McGee, our exchange student, Iputu Danio Ramananda. I had to practice that one. Uh, field hockey, we have Anaya Bridell, Carly Collins, Kiana Kelly, and for girls volleyball, Maddie McTeer, Caitlin Evick, Kaylin Pusey, and McKenna Messina. Let's have a round of applause for these academic all-conference students. Ariana, my apologies. The Delaware Football Coaches Association also recognizes uh, they have set their own bar for academic all-state. Not all sports do that. And we were lucky enough to have two football players, Chris, don't go too far, uh, who were recognized as academic all-state for, for this fall. That would be Christopher Lombardi and Jaden Burton. Chris, you can stay right there. 
Also, uh, the Henlopen Athletic Conference, we will be recognizing all of our athletes that uh, receive the honors of first team all conference. So for football, we have Christopher Lombardi. We also have uh, Will Perkins, Kasim Lewis, Katai Tilly, Dominic Smith, and Shaheem Williams, if any of you are here. Also recognized first team all conference in boys soccer, Johnny Garcia and Alexis Lemus Perez. And then finally for girls volleyball, Bree Reed. Let's have a round of applause for our first team all conference girls. And finally, yeah, round of applause. <laughs> finally, our athletes that were named as first team all state in their uh, respective sports. Uh, Johnny Garcia for soccer, who I do not see here today, and also two gentlemen who are already up here, Christopher Lombardi and Dominic Smith. Congratulations, first team all state. That concludes this evening's recognition. So let's give our, our kids another round of applause. Come to the first uh, public comment. The board allows 15 minutes at the beginning and the ending of each regular scheduled board meeting for anyone in the audience who wishes to make a public comment. Each uh, speaker is entitled to three minutes. The uh, first speaker this evening is Kevin Wilson. Good evening, board. Just want to say thank you so much for all you do, for all the time that you put in, and. Uh, it's a, it's a tough job, so I just really uh, admire and, and appreciate all you do. Um, but with that said, we all need a little bit of guidance from above. So, Lord, I'm going to pray for uh, wisdom and knowledge for us tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for loving us, for caring for us, for all you do for us. We just thank you so much for the many blessings and the accomplishments of our kids here at uh, Indian River School District, and we just thank you so much for them. Just pray that you would continue to look to you for their strength. Now, Father, we just think of this 
time of year in the Christmas season. We just pray now that uh, you wouldn't be left out, that people would leave Christ in Christmas, and that would be the true meaning of it. But again, Lord, we just thank you again for everything that you do for us, the love that you show to us, and the caring that you have for us. And we just pray that as this meeting is continued, that you will give wisdom, and you'll give knowledge, and you'll give courage, uh, Father, to the board members as they proceed with the meeting. We just thank you again for all you do for us, for your love and care. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, board. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <coughs> Mr. Maloney. Thank you, Mr. Byerly. Good evening, board members. Last Monday night at the Finance Committee, there was a thing that you should have in your packet. There is a, a document, a presentation made by the mayor and uh, one of the council members and police chief Brian Galloway. At that point in time, I believe, uh, I can't think of your last name, and that's right, I'll tip my tongue, over here on my right, was there at the thing. And, there are no questions asked, but the questions that were asked were asked by me concerning the structure of this contract that you folks are going to be voting on coming up in the meeting. Uh, I think it can be done better, renegotiated, go outside. I have no doubt in the wonderful police force that the borough, uh, Mellsboro has, but at this time there's plenty of time for conversation and I haven't heard any conversation from either on the finance committee or anywhere else. So I would just urge that maybe we table the matter till next month's meeting. We still have time according to the Millsboro people and Police Chief Brian Calloway the uh, new recruit isn't gonna have to be at Delaware State Police Training Academy till March. So we still have a month to go, or a couple months. But uh, I would strongly urge the board to consider tabling this matter till next month to have further conversation. I mean, they got numbers written up for 12 months. We as a school district only run as 10 months. We only run as 10 months. So where's the liability issue gonna come in for those two months while he's back on the town force working there, but yet we're paying the salary for those two, uh, two months as taxpayers. The other reminder is, as you look over your financials, you'll notice that this year's tax revenue, uh, tax increase so far from collected taxes is 3%. Our expenses are up 4%. We gotta start holding them level. That was a natural 3% increase, a natural. Imagine the world of hurt we'd be in if it wouldn't have been for all this 
buildings going up around us. That's where the money's coming in from. The increase at 3%. Three minutes, Bob. In the meantime, thank you, Jay. In the meantime, wish you all a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and we'll do it again next year. Okay. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Next item is new business. Uh, first item would be the uh, school choice applications. Mr. Lewis. Good evening. On, uh, on your board docs this evening, you'll see a total of nine school choice applications. They are all priority number one returning students. We need a board vote on that. They have been recommended by the building principal and also district administration. Motion to accept. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. Aye. Opposed? Aye. That is unanimous. <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you. Next item is the Indian River Color Guard, which uh, was discussed at the meeting. Need a motion to approve. So, so moved. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. Aye. Opposed? That is unanimous. Design it to John M. Clayton Elementary. Yeah, Mr. Barlow, we received a request from uh, JMC uh, after we had uh, announced we were not going to have a building and grounds. This would have been the only item uh, on that committee meeting. Uh, it's a request from JMC's administration. They have uh, funds that have been raised by the PTO, uh, as well as they have some uh, legislative fund funding as well uh, to put up a sign. Uh, in front of the building, and if you look at your documents, there is a, a picture of that sign. It's about 10 feet, 11 feet total tall, uh, very similar to an LED. And they have gone so far as getting um, DOD approval of where they want to put it. Uh, the reason for the, the need to ask now, they were told by the Phillips Sign Company that if they could get this contract signed before the end of the year, it would be $500 less than the cost. So we thought we should bring that on. We did uh, look at this at Finance Committee. Um, and my, my suggestion would be that we proceed with this. So moved. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. 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 Opposed? <clears throat> that is unanimous. On 4.05, I need a motion to table to after executive session. So moved. So moved. All in favor of the motion, say there aye. There will be no discussion yeah. no, this time? No, we're going to. We're going okay, to. okay. We're doing uh, 4.05. 4.04. Well, I already said 4.05. Okay. We're doing 4.05, so we need a motion to table that until after executive session. So moved. Second. <laughs> motion made and second. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. 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 Opposed? That is unanimous. Okay, 4.404 is Millsboro SRO proposal, Mr. Steele. Yeah, we had, um, we've been contacted by uh, Chief uh, Brian Calloway. Um, he was interested in, in taking a look at an SRO position. We talked a little bit about this when we were looking at annexation in Millsboro. Um, Chief Conaway had contacted us a couple weeks ago, um, had asked and requested if we could take a look at this now. Uh, due to the fact that if, if he were going to start it in September, he would want to try to interview and get a candidate in to the academy. 
Um, that would be, I think, the March Academy. Uh, we listened at the meeting we had with Jay, myself, uh, Mr. Lewis. We brought this to the Finance Committee um, last week, last Monday. Uh, Mayor Truitt, uh, Town Manager Mr. Sheldon Hudson, and uh, Chief Calloway were there. Chief Calloway cannot be here this evening. Uh, we do have uh, Mr. Shell, uh, Mr. Hudson, uh, Town Manager, uh, Mayor Truitt, and we also have Mr. Uh, Detective Robert Lickage, Jr. I'm not sure if you had a time to read through the proposal ahead of tonight. We, we posted it on board docs, so you could at least uh, you know take a look at that. I did share uh, with Chief Calloway at th that time that you know this is something that has to be discussed at the board level, uh, not a decision that we can arbitrarily make. So uh, that's where we are this evening. So if there are any questions, uh, any concerns, we're going to open it for discussion or whatever the uh, the motion or the need is for the board. Can you refresh refresh all of us the conversation on the annexation? Yeah, we had talked about the annexation. I want to say about five months ago, and you know we were looking at at our town water town sewer, which Millsburg already gives us those rates. One of the questions we had um, discussed at the time was in comparing the the middle school in Millsboro to Millsboro East Millsboro. East Millsboro is not in town limits. Uh, according to Chief Calloway, uh, he kind of told us this again, I think, at the finance meeting as well as at the meeting he had with us. For them to go to East for something, they have to be sent there by, I think, the SUSCOM, or I believe that's what it's called, in order to, for them to go outside of their area. Uh, whereas if something happened at Millsburg Middle, they can go straight there because they're in town limits. So we went through the, the talk with the annexation and the board's already taken a vote on the annexation. Um, there's no guarantee of anything other than, you know, to annex into the town of Millsburg with the thought that maybe Ingram's Pond in the near future, if we need to use that for a site, would be a very quick annexation for us as well as possible. So those were the things that we had talked about. And wasn't there a cost associated? There is a cost, and I have Mr. Hudson here this evening. We have not completed the annexation process yet. Right. And that's why we're, we're sort of in limbo. Um, we have not completed that process as of yet. Uh, so it, that's one of the reasons we wanted to bring it to the board and see the board's thoughts on this. What's in place currently at Millsboro Middle? Do we um, have a current SR? Millsboro Middle, would, that we would send um, Brian Haup from Sussex Central High School over to Millsboro Middle, mm -hmm. um, or, or Wyatt Bullock if we needed to, but we, we, we have the state officers who have the jurisdiction to go in there any time we need them. I, I personally think we need a lot more discussion. As Mr. Maloney had said, we're spending more than what we're taking in. So I, I think we need to analyze a little bit more before we bring it to a vote. Well, the, 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 the amount that I have, my glass, because I can't see. How, how is the annual cost of 72,000 compared to what we pay now? Okay, we currently pay the uh, state officers, uh, $86,628 each officer. Uh, we have with Selbyville, uh, over time we've increased the last three years, we have paid $52,000. Uh, we have paid anywhere from sixty-two-five, dollars which is the year we'd ask Georgetown to decrease theirs. Their last was 81000 So this would still be about 8000 less than Georgetown. 
and off the top of my head, 14,000 less than with the state. Yes. So go back, annexation, how, where are we, we agreed to go ahead and do there, but we've not done that yet. I could ask Mr. Hudson, he's sitting here, he can give us a timeline a little bit better. But we have done what we need to do. As, as, as far as I know, the only okay. thing we have left is the legal part, I believe, Mr. Okay. Hudson, is that true? Good evening, board, that's correct. So the annexation committee was favorable on the report. Um, so the next step is a public hearing at the January 6th regular council meeting. Okay. And what is the what is the dollar? Refresh me again. The dollar amount to charge the district to be annexed. Uh, there was no charge. Council waived that fee. There's no charge at all. That's correct. The There's no fee for annexation. Okay. And if the referendum gets passed, we plan to move Millsboro Middle to the existing high school, so then the SRO would be covering two elementary schools? Well, that would be the situation if the referendum passes at this, at this particular point. That's why we need a discussion, because if we have elementary schools, we have not placed an SRO in elementaries anywhere else. But we would be five plus years away, right, from... Yeah, four, yeah if, if we go through the referendum, it would be four years once we, we, we decide to pass the referendum. So help me understand, because I really don't, what Mr. Maloney said, and I know Scott's here, because Scott has a, a, a patrolman that is an SRO, the 10-month versus a 12-month payment. We, we are paying, do we pay your guys? I don't put you on the spot, but I mean, it's, it's public knowledge. So. We, we don't bill for the summer months, because when the schools close, the SRO comes back and works the road. But at Georgetown, we pay the 12 months. Right? At Georgetown, he's a 12 months position. He runs a, an academy in the summer for the kids and uh, for about two weeks in July. Um, and we, he'll bring in about 60 kids for that particular program. But that's only for a week <clears throat> out of two months that we have. About two, I think it's a two week program. I think it's two weeks. Okay. Um, we'd have to ask, uh, Mr. Lewis may, may know exactly how long that is. Yes, two weeks. So then what does he do? The other, help my calculate, month and however many days it is of the two months that we're not in school. Does he work for us or does he work back for the Georgetown? I would say at this particular point in time, he spends some time at the school, but he also works at the town. Mr. Hudson, is that true? So is there a proposal in Millsboro's where he's going to be working for us in the summer as well? The proposal that he that we have in front of us, and I'm going to I'm going to ask Mr. Hudson if he would join in, and Mr. Barley, and um, uh, who else was at the policy? Jay was there. Uh, I think originally the 72036 was I think originally 12 months. Am I correct in that? Yes, I believe that was for the startup cost uh, to bring him on board. And uh, Chief Callaway did indicate that they would analyze for a ten for ten months uh, moving forward after that. What, wasn't there also some other programs they were going to try to start up for the middle school? They, they were. Um, 
I know I have, I have Detective Gates here if, if he could answer to that, but I know they were looking at a youth basketball program to run, I think, during the summer. Uh, I think they really wanted to mirror the program that Georgetown uh, currently has, uh, Detective. Yes, sir, that is absolutely correct. There would be several programs. The chief has actually already applied for funds to do a youth academy type of thing, uh, very similar to what Georgetown has done. And I also think it's important to note that the when we're talking about the 10-month versus the 12-month, the the 72,000 that was requested, that is for a brand new officer to replace the officer that would be taking the SRO position. So that isn't covering the full salary of the officer that would be selected for the SRO if this is approved. Thank you. One of the big questions too we have to decide is the board and uh, touching a little bit on what Mr. Maloney said, we currently are in the process of restructuring Carver. That is where we have the third uh, Delaware State Police officer designated. Uh, now this year he is, he is doing Carver and working on Millsburg Middle. Uh, we would have to look at you know the structure of the current police placement we have around our district and decide do we want to continue with three uh, of the state uh, Delaware State Troopers or do we want to take a look at a different structure altogether. So we do contracts on a yearly basis? Yes. Okay. And when's that contract up? <clears throat> State police, we have to notify, I think, by the end of June, how many. One of the, one of the reasons, folks, we were, we, we were here this evening is Chief Calloway came and he was thinking that if he could get a new hire into the academy in March, that would give him time to get through the academy and possibly start in August. And these and are these are yearly contracts. Be, um, their police force, not the SRO that would be coming into the district, right? That person that they hire would be an entry level, would be on their force right. in Millsboro. I think Chief Calloway said they currently have 16 officers. Um, this would be a new officer, but there would be a higher ranking official officer uh, that would, I, I'm not sure the rank, J.D., was it a detective rank, I think he said, or something like that that would take the place of the school resource in that position. Right. If you're restructuring things and taking a look at things, why don't you give us a proposal on what your thoughts are before we look at this hiring another SRO? Yeah, I think I'd prefer to come back in January, to be quite honest. I think we need a little bit more time to look at this to see where we're gonna go as a district. Um, you know, I, I, I like the proposal. I can say this, the town of Millsburg has been absolutely great to us. They have been fantastic. And I know that the uh, work that the police force has done currently, I think with uh, Detective Hudson has been, has been good there. Anytime we, we've needed them, we, we've asked them. But I think we need to take a look at number one, um, you know, how are we gonna do this? Are we, gonna, are we gonna trim one of our current officers and go with Millsboro? If the referendum passes, will we do it only in a limited time fashion? There are a couple questions I think we have got to get answered. I don't think we should throw this out the window right now, but I do think if we could take a month to table this. Um, we just today got some um, figures. Uh, Jay had, had collected them for us on our current uh, SROs and basically how much they're doing in terms of arrests, citations, e-tickets, 
contacts, investigations in each of our buildings where we have SROs, and if they cover multiple schools, that as well. So you're gonna <clears throat> you're gonna present the board with numbers, so we can see. I, I think I think in January I think we should look at the numbers completely. Um, we just got these late late today. I think we need to take a look at those numbers. Um, come back to the board with numbers. Come back with what we think would be the best idea for the the board um, and the district, and go with a motion there that would still give them you know, a hiring process time of two months if the board wants to proceed. But we're still okay. Wh whoever our SROs are, if we choose to cut one, they then just revert back with their Delaware State Police and have nothing to do with the school. The Delaware State Police would revert back. I'm not sure how the municipality would work it. No, would, it would, would it be the same thing? For us. The June number for the S SRO, if, if we are aware that Carver is closing. We can anticipate a little bit greater workload at some of our high schools because of the influx of some of the Carver students. Now that's an assumption, but I think your workload may increase with some of your SROs. Are we prepared to, I would like to see a recommendation on the table much sooner than June, maybe even by the next board meeting if we plan on keeping a third state police SRO. If we drop the third state police SRO, then <clears throat> Millsburg comes in to cover Millsborough Middle at a, a much cheaper rate to what the state police does. And the quality of Millsborough Police Department will be <clears throat> the exact same standard you have with the state police in there. You have a chief that's a former SRO and locates, you've got quality officers that'll come in there. I'm just concerned that are we planning on keeping a third state police SRO and then pick up Millsborough PD? Because that, I think that's one of the first choices we need to be making before we even get into Millsboro. And then I know Millsboro is under time constraints because of the March Academy class, <clears throat> but I think it'll be a lot clearer not only in January's board meeting, but post-referendum with what direction we want to go. And I, I'm sure that the Millsboro uh, people here would not like to hear that, but I, I think it'd be a much easier decision upon us depending on the outcome of the referendum. But we have to do what's in our best interest, not on any time frame with any academy or anything, what works best for us? I agree, but respectful to the fact that if Millsboro wanted to implement this program, that they would need to get someone in the academy and train to replace that person that's gonna take the SRO role by fall. They're, they're, they're locked into having to have someone in the academy if the academy starts in March. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm guessing, I'm assuming, as I'm going along with this conversation. And does that happen every March, every year? You would like to think that it does. They try to shoot for a spring and a fall class, okay. and we're usually able to do that, but sometimes money uh, situations arise. And, so and what's the rush? Let, let's, let's get this right. Oh, I agree. I think there's just decisions to be made, such as when we <coughs> drop in the third state police SRO, that, that clears up monies to allow this to happen. And then what are our numbers? Because I, I'm, I'm fairly familiar with the numbers. I'm thinking our drivers for our SROs, if you go in rank order, are the two high schools, and I think Millsboro Middle School is busier than the other two middle schools. So it kind of makes sense Millsboro comes on, but then again, I don't, I don't want to hide from the conversation. Is there value in the Selvyville officer at Selvyville Middle? Is there as much value as we're putting into the Georgetown officer at Georgetown Middle School? And then when we look at those numbers, are we comparing apples to apples? Are we looking at crimes that are uh, mandatory reporting crimes? Are we looking at 
just sheer numbers of, of uh, documented cases. So there's, there's some things to look at. I'm very much in favor of Millsboro coming into Millsboro Middle, but I just think there's a lot of numbers we need to look at in a short period of time to make that decision. And even January would be great to table it until January. I'm more inclined to maybe see what the outcome of the referendum is before we move forward, but that's just one board member. I agree, yeah. I, I will tell you the two high schools are your drivers. They, they, they have the most. And ironically, when you take a look at the, the middle schools, they're pretty close, except Sabbeville's a little higher than the other two. Uh, Georgetown it w is, is less um, than, than Millsboro. Um, but I echo this. I, I, I can tell you this. The town of Millsboro I'm working with, uh, you know, Mr. Hudson and what Mr. Callow has done so far, or Chief Calloway, I think has, has been uh, terrific. And I, I just think we gotta, we've just got to get some things ironed out, and that referendum is going to be key you know, to, to see what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. I, I'll say this, I would have no, no issue with, with tabling us at least one more month or until the after ref, the referendum, whichever the board would feel, until we get a chance to get a hold on exactly where we're going to be. Apologize to Millsbury staff, but I'm going to make a recommendation. We table this at least till January. Okay. Have a motion, is there a second? To table? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. 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 Opposed? That is unanimous. <clears throat> Old business, uh, major capital planning, Mr. Steele. Okay, um, quite a bit to talk about, and I'll, I'll go ahead and hit the major capital first. Uh, one of the things we've done, and I put in your attachments, is a, the, uh, the authorization for us to issue bonds. There's been a change in the process to how they go about that now. We have to actually send this to Department of Justice, DOJ, and wait for their approval. And the DOJ does not work as fast as, as we would like. We did send one in, identical to what we had sent in last spring, uh, with the addition with the update in the actual tax rates. The issue that we ran into was they come back and now they want the entire schedule of your tax increases. So if you take a look at that document, you'll see on that first page, we go all the way up to 23 years. We, we've given them a look at 23 years and of exactly what the new rate would be, uh, what the rate change would be. I'll call your attention to one, two, three, four, the fifth column in, projected increase, decrease in annual tax rate. This is a four-year building project, and I've said this before, and I'm going to tell you something else in a minute that makes this even look better. When you take a look at that, you'll notice in year four, while we're still constructing the building, the tax rate will drop. It will not increase. And you will see significant drops as you go through, as a matter of fact, from the fourth year on. Now that's going to um, be important when we take a look at what we're doing. Now the reason we do that is we are retiring seven bonds uh, from 2022 to 2027. Now, there's one thing we haven't really touched on a lot, but I think I want to say it tonight. I want the people here to hear it. I want you to hear it as a board. We base all of our calculations on a 5% tax rate. That's the max bond rate that we, that we see. However, the reason we do that is, in my opinion, we want to see exactly what it's going to be on this end because what we don't want to do is tell everybody it's going to be this, bond rate comes out and it's all the way higher than what we anticipated. I, don't, I just think that's bad business. So we do our calculations on 
I did want to do a calculation for you that I felt was important, that if we take a look at last year's tax rate, and in looking at last year's tax rate, it ended up being 2.88%. General feeling is it's going to be as good as 2.88, if not maybe a little better. Let me tell you what that does. Right now, we're looking at a, on the average homeowner, a three-year phase-in of $63. Then in year four, it drops significantly. Now, here are a couple numbers to look at. Year one, two, and three, about $63. Then when you take years four, five, six, seven, and eight, that totals 39. So once we start decreasing in year four, when we hit year eight, we're $24.02 higher than where we are today. What makes this better, I ran calculations. I asked, um, actually, I asked Tammy to do this. I can't take credit for that. Uh, but I asked her to run on a 2.88% bond rate, just so we'd have a comparison. If we go on a 2.88% bond rate, you would, you, would, you would have an increase of $6 in year one, $22.17 in year two, $21.03 year three for a total of $49.20. So you'd have a three-year phase-in on the average homeowner that would hit in the third year, from the first year to the third year, a total of $49.20. But again, when you look at years four through eight, the next five years of decrease, that total is $35.83, which leaves you at the end of that eight-year period $13 higher than where you are today. I've talked a lot to some of the folks that I have talked to. We've we put together a planning uh, committee. I've talked to my administration. And, you know, we talked about the three factors we have to look at. Number one, we could, if we pass the referendum, what's that financially look like for our taxpayers? And, you know, when we say 63, that's the absolute worst it's going to be. We're anticipating it's going to be more around to 49. We, we don't see the bond rate going up. We really don't. Um, you know, the second thing we have to look at, Mr. Maloney brought up a good point tonight when he was talking about, you know, what we have coming in. You know, what we have coming in and what we have going out, well, you know, we have a $1.3 million set aside in contingency in this year's budget, and uh, Mr. Smith will talk about that a little bit later. You know, that, that's taking a look at our total budget. That's, that's where you'll see, you know, some of our growth. However, we're put over $400,000 in, in portables this year, $400,000. Next year, if we need to bring in more, we'll have the cost of those plus the first year lease cost on the five we just purchased. So option two would be to continue with portables where we can put portables. And then what that's going to do, folks, we're going to have to find ourselves going back to a current expense referendum in the very near future. Or we're, not, we're going to have to go to referendum and ask the taxpayers for the next five years to you know, not take any decrease in the debt service, transfer that money over to current expense. That's option two. Option three, as we've discussed before, is redrawing lines. And, you know, one of the things that we've looked at already um, is, is taking a look at, suppose we took Route 24 in Gumborough and all the way up behind Lowe's and anything south of Route 24 would come to the southern schools. Anything on the north side would, would stay in the northern schools. We would stop in the highway by Lowe's because we want to make sure that East Millsboro and Millsboro Middle stay in the northern section. 
we, are, we look to be about 400 students that would be affected. We, we could be as many as 500 because we don't know exactly how many drivers we have that live in that area. But here's what's going to happen, folks, when we bring those people down and we move kids. The north, which is severely over capacity right now, is still going to be at or over capacity. And now the southern schools are going to become at or over capacity. When we take a look at the entire district and the number of seats we have and, and capacity-wise, folks, we're right there to being at 100% capacity. Mm -hmm. And you know, when we do that, when we start looking at major capital in the future, it's not just in the north. We can't move lines. If you're going to move lines, you've got to leave them there. You've got to leave them there, and you've got to leave them alone for a long time. And if you, if you, so you've got to make the mind up, you know, that's, if that's the way we go, we have to keep in mind that won't be for the next two years, and then we'll move back. But again, that will expand our building capacity needs for the years to come, both locations. I can't stress this, and I'll, I will be on the road every day in January. I cannot stress this enough. This referendum, the successful passing of this referendum, could solve a capacity issue that would give you eight to 10 years room of growth in the north. And if we utilize the space at the Carver building, as well as some space that we think we can reconvert at the JMC building, we've got plenty of room for growth in the south. Now, we are reaching a point, and I think this is important as well, we are reaching a point with our reserve. If we go $1.3 million in reserve this year, we're going to be between $13 and $14 million of a true reserve. We could take a look at the Selbyville Middle School project if we could get an approved CN, and then with that being a $1.2 to a $1.3 million local tax increase, we could simply take that out of reserve and not raise taxes. We've set ourselves up to be a good financial position. If we're smart about how we spend our money, I look for that growth to be very close to 14 million at the end of this year, very close. Maybe a little less, but we'll be very, very close. But the best bang for the buck that we have in this school district is to push this referendum through. Now, we have our, our schools on board because some of the things that we've talked about, uh, how it affects the entire district, we talked about tonight, we recognized a lot of athletes. Well, there are a lot of good athletes that live south of 24. Those movements of those kids down to Indian River is going to push a very small school into a Division I schedule, which is not really a good place for a school the size of Indian River to be. And I know that that's a concern with the, the athletic staff at River High School now is that that could push them to Division I. So I think we have everything in position to go out to the community. But I think when we do, we need to take a look at not just the 5% tax rate. We need to take a look at it very well. Could, it's going to be that or less. It's not going to be more than five. So we're in a good position to push this through. It's going to be a lot of work. We're going to set up various teams to go out. We're going to urge board members to join our teams so that when we go out, we're unified. And I think if we push this hard, I don't want to come back and have to plan after February 13th for a second referendum. I really think we push hard, we get this through first time. And we've got a lot of, of uh, things that's come through, a lot of questions. Uh, I even had a phone call at home Saturday morning from a lady who just couldn't afford another tax increase. And it's tough to hear some of those phone calls, folks. It really is. 
So I think it, the best we can do is we have a problem that we have to fix, but we have to be smart how we fix it. And I think with our community, we have to keep the cost down. People think we have a very rich district. A lot of our resources and revenue will come from the beach area. But we have a, we have a very high low-income district as well. So we're twofold. It may look this way on paper, but in fact, when it comes to tax increases, we've got to be mindful of what we're doing. And I don't want to be in a position, you know, three or four years where whoever's sitting in this chair is going to be saying we need to build three or four new schools. Because we can build one school now and solve this problem for at least another eight to ten years. And I'm, and I'm not just saying that. I've reviewed my numbers with Jay. We take a look at the open seats. We even have a plan for Selbyville, which seems to be the target area in the south of how we could handle Selbyville. And, you know, it's going to be some decision-making we'll have to make at the board level. Um, you know, some of it's not going to be popular. But you know what? Every decision you make, some people agree and some people disagree. But we just have to make smart decisions at this point in how, what we do, how we proceed, and how we spend our money. But I do believe in this major capital referendum, when we go out, if people just listen to what we're doing and we can get people on board, they'll look at it and it's going to be a whole different sense if they take a look at a, a different rate than a 5% even. And they take a look at even if it is the 5%, how that five-year decrease occurs. It, it's, it's very interesting to look at. And I do believe that we can get our taxpayers to support it. Moving on to um, the next phase, which is uh, Howard T. Ennis. I want to talk to you a little bit about a phone call I had today about 3.30, but I want to go through where we are. Uh, Mr. Booth provided me with an update. Uh, Jay's been providing me with updates as well. Uh, the new Ennis report from Fernick and Daniel, uh, Fernick and Daniel um, uh, Guyte Associates and the district met with the Division of Facilities Management last week and they reviewed the board design and they have no issues. They had to do a 60% submission uh, drawing for the state to review and there, there were no issues with that at all. Looking at the readiness for us to go ahead and start the bid process. One of the things you'll look at when you look at our budget tonight, you'll see our, our actual budget looks a little higher, but we have 30 million sitting there from the state to actually go ahead and start building Ennis this year. So that's going to be the one thing if you see it looks a little higher than usual, that's why. The uh, Del Dot is still continuing to review the entrance of the building. And, um, you know, that just this last week, um, USA Architects, which is the firm that really works with special needs schools and works with Fernick and Daniel, uh, had a meeting with the ANA staff. Jay attended uh, for us to look at color schemes and interior finishes and selections from floor to ceiling that, that uh, you know, will, and that will, you know, hopefully we'll be able to break ground September first to the 15th. One of the things we got today, and I did get a call from Ken Fern, is we're running into a little issue with county and with the um, Del Dot, just in getting approvals done. Uh, we probably will have to seek a little bit of our help from our, our political uh, constituents in our area to see if they can help us try to you know, push that through. Because where we are now is we need approval from those two really before we can go and get a few more that we need before we go to bid. So that's where we are on Ennis. But right now we're looking at anywhere from September 1st to the 14th as being a groundbreaking day. Questions? 
Jay was at the meeting. If I has any questions about the meeting and the color schemes and the, the designs. No okay. questions. Okay, we need a table uh, 503 and 504 to executive session. So moved. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. 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 Opposed? That is unanimous. Committee reports, uh, athletic fields, Mr. Fritz. Building and Grounds did not have a, uh, a meeting this month. However, just to give everybody a couple of, couple of updates, the ESCO construction phase, ESCO project, that's our energy uh, project, uh, that's coming to an end. All lighting has been completed. Boiler conversions to natural gas is complete. Uh, there is a post-verification testing process that is to begin. Uh, it's not started yet, but it will. And what that does is make sure that uh, all the work it's to verify that all the work that was put into the plan has been done and completed um, as scheduled to help us save the energy dollars. And then the re a report will be done uh, from that. Also, the uh, Indian River track, Indian River High School track resurfacing will be done in the springtime. Obviously, now with winter, they can't do it. And then the Georgetown Middle, Georgetown Elementary, there was a lightning, uh, uh, lightning strike back in the summer. And that insurance claim has been presented to the state for reimbursement. Um, I guess there was a, d a delay in some of the work because of an alarm system repair. The cost of that was about a little more than $33,000. And uh, it's been resubmitted to the state for us to get reimbursed for that cost. That's it. Okay. Any questions? Thank you. Comprehensive school safety, Mr. Layfield. <coughs> Thanks, sir. E-RIP state requirements will be completed by the Christmas break. The district tabletop will be held on Friday, January the 17th. We're currently trying to secure an agent from the Secret Service to present and enhance school safety through a threat assessment model to help us prepare for uh, fortifying our schools a little bit. Uh, during this tabletop exercise, a debrief will then take place and implement best practices for the district. Updated camera systems will be installed at Indian River High School and Sussex Central High School over the holiday break and during the month of January. Cell phone boosters are currently being installed at identified schools to improve coverage of communication. And we met with Polytech School District to talk about some safety uh, programs that we're going to implement. We can talk a little bit more about this uh, sensitive information at the executive session. And uh, lastly, I'd like to thank uh, <clears throat> Charlie Ruggiero and his crew and the technology and the staff and all their help with the safety projects we're moving forward with in the New River School District. Any questions? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Finance will be covered when we give the financial reports. Curriculum, Mr. Hudson? We did not meet this month. The SBA Board of Directors? Okay. Legislative, Dr. Hattier? No meeting. Mr. Barley, I would like to ask the board. I try to send out when I get legislative notices on mm -hmm. proposed bills. Uh, what I'd really like the board to do is take a look at those and give me input because super, our, our chief's group will usually take a position, and I like going to those knowing where you would like our district to be. So if you want to send me any correspondence as you read that on thoughts or processes or if we have a board meeting you want to discuss something more in detail, I'd appreciate that. So when we, we move forward, we'll have somewhere, you know, to go. Mary Bailey scholarship, Mr. Peden. No activity, nothing to report. Special Education Task Force, Dr. Stadler. No report. Policy, Mr. Collins. 
Yes, sir. We have four coming before you tonight. The first being GBC.1 staff ethics. You'll see this is a first and second reading. Um, we're just adding a sentence referring to DOE's um, pursuing their own sanctions for violations. The second policy is JN dealing with student fees. Uh, we're removing the middle schools from the list of uh, collection for student, um, student fees. Um, however, we are adding them me, from student dues. We are adding them to the list of schools where the uh, um, collection of fees for special clubs, uh, such as BBA or some of the other clubs that, that require dues. Um, third policy, GCBD.1, paid leave for birth adoption. This was presented last month. Um, all we're doing this month is changing the language. Um, last month it referred to 12 weeks. We're just clarifying that 12 weeks is um, 60 contractual days. You'll see that change. And probably our favorite policy, I know it's mine, um, school choice. You'll see there is one change to school choice, um, that being changing the hard fast from 85 to 95. There are some other procedural changes, but for, um, for the vote tonight is making that hard fast 95% as the um, as the cutoff I would make a motion to approve those four as presented tonight second motion made and second in discussion questions so I, I do have one question just on that 95 so at that point in time when it hits 95 there's no discussion we're actually majority of our schools are over 95 now so how do we so do we not do school choice after that? Mr. Lewis? I'm just asking because I, I know what's going to happen. At the, at the board level, I, think, I don't know if we should, I think we need to discuss this, that um, we felt based on what uh, the recommendation was from our superintendent that we should uh, automatically do one through four no matter what the uh, percentage was. And then when you go to five, that's when the 95% would kick in. So if you had kids that we already have that want to stay with you, that's one through four. But then again, if you're above 95, 95 or above, we don't bring fives or sixes or sevens or whatever else we have left in terms of priorities. If and you're under, we'll bring fives and go from there. And one, one through four are the ones set. We don't mm -hmm. have Correct. any control over. So it's the ones that we actually have control over. Any other questions? All in favor of the motion, say aye. 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 Opposed? Unanimous. IREA rep. Good evening. I want to thank the board members who came to the uh, meet and greet earlier this month. Uh, we know it's a busy time of year. Um, we truly appreciate you taking your time to uh, talk um, off grounds and meet with people to find out what topics are really important and on their mind. Um, I know you talked about the teacher workload, the parent conference times, um, calendars and referendum. They're all hot topics now, obviously. Um, so we appreciate the people that did take their time out and come and meet with everybody. Um, I know the board's aware of the teacher shortage. Uh, so I wanted to let you know that IREA has been working with Celeste Bunning in an attempt to help give Indy River School District the ability to begin the transfer and hiring process um, a lot earlier. 
uh, the MOU language that, we're, that we've been working on will enable our district to not only interview and hire positions, um, but hopefully interview and hire before the other districts. Without this MOU, um, our district would need to wait until the upcoming contract negotiations were finalized. Um, that would put us off another entire year um, until the 2021 20, school year until we could begin hiring uh, before the other districts. Um, I'm going to be presenting this language to our membership reps tomorrow, and we hope to get a positive vote uh, right after the break. And I know you guys will probably be getting language also, so hopefully you'll be looking at that and get an affirmative from you guys also. Um, also, I know that IREA announced uh, unanimous support for the upcoming referendum, so I just kind of wanted to reiterate that. Uh, we met with Mark and Jay uh, last week. Uh, we're looking forward to the next meeting so that we can work together, um, hopefully make and develop a cohesive plan and pat to pass this referendum. Um, on another note, I know that uh, you guys have been talking about different options, option one, two, three, and I, and I brought this up. I mean, why aren't we, um, if it comes to this, building our own trailers? I mean, why are we renting? We have the ability to much cheaper to build our own, and they're ours, and then we could sell them if we don't need them. We can place them where we want to place them. Um, I, I just don't understand. And, and as far as central office, I mean, you have space there. Central office could be, um, you could get an occupancy in a trailer easier for office buildings than you can for student house or students. Why aren't we looking to move central office into these trailers? I mean, we could custom make these trailers the way we want, but none of this seems to be getting brought up. So I, in these meetings, I, I am wholeheartedly support this referendum. And I know that you guys are doing everything you can, but I think there's other options out there that can add to this. And what, like Mark said, we need to spend our money wisely. Um, we need to spend the money wisely. I mean, we need to look at all the options, not renting and, and thinking about what everyone else does, but kind of come up with some of our own ideas. Um, and I, I know that we brought this up too about this bringing in your, you know, might bring Indian River High School, if we redraw the lines, it's kind of interesting the way we're going to redraw the lines, but we're looking at sports to drive the way we redraw the lines. We're worried about whether or not we're going to have a division or we're going to put Indian River High School into a division one bracket. I mean, we're here for education. I mean, I'm all about sports, don't get me wrong, but we need to, you know, we're, we're drawing these lines for educational purposes. Putting them into a division one might just make them the athletes there a better prospect to a college because colleges are looking at D1 schools before they're looking at D2, 3, 4, however far you want to go. I mean, we get told all the time, the teachers get told all the time, you know, when we tell them all the struggles that we're going through with these students, we're told, teach them up, teach them up. Well, coach them up. You know, put them in D1 if that's what happens the best thing for them. And then coach them up. You know, push them to that next level. Get them competitive. Let's not, you know, drive our education by um, what the sport, what we think the sport is going to do. I mean, the only way to get them better is to put them against better people. So hopefully everybody has a Merry Christmas, and I look forward to all the discussion and help with the referendum. All right. Thank you. Superintendent's report. Yeah, I have listed, Mr. Barlow, my activities for December. The only thing I, I want to talk about quickly uh, on the 6th of December, I attended a uh, Build Your Own Library at North Georgetown where kids received 10 library books. And some of those kids have been here on this program will have as many as 50 books. 
of their own books, their very own library. Uh, afterwards, I had a chance also to be a mystery reader to a group of second graders. That was a lot of fun. But I went to Ennis uh, just as a stop by visit and saw a program that almost brings tears to your eyes. Uh, I think it's called Go Baby Go, I believe is the name of the program. And I went down to the gym uh, with Mike Thompson and we, we were looking. We had eight tables and we had eight of those little battery operated cars that kids ride around in. And they were actually had kits and they were adapting those cars to the kids at Ennis that could not operate the car in a usual manner, such as putting the, the big button on the uh, steering wheel. So if they wanted to you know, go forward or reverse, you know, if they couldn't use their legs, they could use that. We had uh, some groups from Maryland working uh, on a couple. Seaford um, School District had sent a team over, and the people that were working were like our, our physical therapists, um, our CODAs, and some of those, those folks were actually doing the work on the cars to put the, the switches and the ad adapters in. But it was kind of interesting. I never knew anything like that was, was ever done. Uh, but it was interesting. Seaford is actually donating theirs back to Ennis. I think we'll have three or four of those cars at Ennis for our kids at Ennis to utilize. But I just thought I wanted to mention that. That's another one of the great things that, that happens in the district that, you know, you, it just happens and people don't realize it. And I just wanted to highlight that. Financial reports. Need a motion to pay the regular invoices for the month of uh, November 2019. So moved. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. 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 Opposed? That is unanimous. Okay. Good evening. Um, in your board packet, you should have the four uh, monthly financial reports. Um, part one, the reports are as of November 30th. We're 42% of the way through the fiscal year. Um, these numbers are still based on the preliminary FY20 budget, but we've received 107% of total budgeted revenue, spent 40% of total budgeted expenses, received 92% of discretionary revenue, and spent 45% of discretionary expenses. Howard Tienis is at 47% of their budget, and we've received 94% of the budgeted local tax revenue. Um, for part two, we've received approximately $69,581 in interest in November. The ILC programs have spent 40% of their budgets. Uh, there's a new report in part two for the student activity funding. It's now in its own appropriation, it's separate tracking, um, and that balance is just over 413,000. We have $6.7 million in federal funds available, and we're holding almost $1.3 million in donations, internal accounts, and student funds. Uh, for the major cap packet, there were no expenditures in November. Minor cap, we spent approximately $1.5 million so far um, on those last year and current year appropriations. Balance remaining is $1.8 million, and the 2020 share of our minor cap money from the state um, did come in two weeks ago. Any questions on those? <clears throat> um, you also have in your packets um, the final budgets for Indian River School District and Howard T. Ennis. The Indian River School District budget was updated for changes in unit count, um, <clears throat> increased funding we got from the state due to higher numbers. Um, also included in there is, as Mr. Steele mentioned earlier, about $30.5 million for the major cap money for Howard T. Ennis. Um, for this year. So if you look down at the total, it's a little skewed from what you've seen last year because of that $30.5 million. Um, but taking that out, the budget increased about $2.6 million or 1.7% over last year. 
Um, that flows through to the expenditure buzz budget. It's the same thing. Um, they were updated for actual revenues increases from unit count. Any questions on that? Any questions? Um, and then Howard TNS, the same thing. It was updated based on unit count numbers. Um, and I'm sorry, both were updated for the give back as well, um, taking that into account. The Howard TNS budget is at just under $13 million. It's about a 5% or $589,000 increase over last year. Question? Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Communications, Mr. Steele. Mr. Brown, we have two uh, requests. Uh, first, Sussex Central High School use uh, cafeteria request for December the 19th, January 19th and 23rd, February 6th and 20th from 5 to 6.30 by the Delaware Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And the second, use of Long Neck Elementary Auditorium and or cafeteria one day a week beginning January 20th, 2020 to May 2020 from 3.30 to 5 uh, for the, what's called the Good News Club. I would recommend that we approve both of these. So moved. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. 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 Opposed? That is unanimous. Come to the second public comment. Is there anyone in the audience who wishes to make a public comment? Seeing none, need a motion for executive session? So moved. All in favor of the motion, say aye. Aye. Opposed? That is unanimous. We're now in executive session. Uh, regular agenda, item number 805, the uh, budget for the district and the budget for Howard Ennis. We need a motion to approve those. So moved. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. Aye. Opposed? That is unanimous. <clears throat> need a motion on uh, tax relief request to relieve just the interest. So Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. Aye. Opposed? That is unanimous. Need a motion on student number 20-32. A motion to accept the recommendation. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. Aye. Opposed? That is unanimous. Need a motion on personnel agenda? Motion to approve. Second. second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. Aye. Opposed? That is unanimous. Need a motion to approve the addendum excluding item number three? So moved. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. Aye. Opposed? That is unanimous. Need a motion to approve item number three on the addendum? So moved. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. Aye. Opposed? No. Mr. Barley? Uh, yes. Mr. Cathy? Yes. Mr. Collins? Yes. Mr. Fritz? Yes. Dr. Hadier? Yes. Mr. Hudson? Yes. Mr. Layfield? No. Mr. Peden? Yes. Dr. Statler? Yes. Mrs. Wright? Yes. Okay, that's nine yes, one no, zero abstention. Motion passes by a majority vote. Need a motion to approve the contractual agenda? So moved. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. Aye. Opposed? That is unanimous. No further business coming before the board meeting is adjourned.